0: Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. I'm Pastor Nate, joined here by Pastor Victoria. Hey. And Pastor Colin. Yo, what's up? (laughs) Uh, Good to see you guys. We haven't caught up in a bit. Anything new in your life?
2: Um, I bought a car. That's um, good. So it's really nice to actually have a car that doesn't have a Christmas tree on the dashboard, telling me everything else wrong with the car. So yeah, I was collecting the Infinity Stones for a little bit, but we are good. It is nice. I love it.
0: Nice. Not much new here.
2: No.
1: No new skin conditions or. Actually, yeah. There's actually this rash of it. There. Yeah. Good. I personally have a new ache in my elbow. Oh, so that's brand new. So today's my first day wearing like one of those tendonitis elbow oh, bands. Man. Oh, I just hit myself in the face. Um
2: uncontrollable.
1: Yeah, so that's new. Not everything that is new is necessarily good. <laughs> yeah. I've got a new mole the doctor's watching. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, um, anything? How's uh how's Next Gen Ministry going for you guys in Milton and in Plymouth?
0: It's going great. I would say we're having lots of fun. Um, kids are meeting Jesus. Well, that's good. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, I I signed on a new um, room leader for Teeny Tyke. So as we open up that room, I'm excited to actually cool. push forward with that, and she's gonna, she's gonna be a huge help with that. So that's awesome. I'm very excited. So that's great.
1: We have three teenagers going on the Cuba mission trip. Oh, nice! Oh, so, pretty pumped about that really pumped about that. So that's good. Um, did you guys, um, were you guys serving anywhere Sunday? Did you watch the sermon live Sunday or recap
2: on YouTube? I, I was in, I was in kids service. Um, we were finishing up our heroic um, series, but, um, I did get a chance to watch the sermon and it was, it was very entertaining and, and, um, as you as you spoke about the different um roles that we have um it was, it was very knowledgeable to you so I definitely I'm waiting for that song that um you're gonna write so just
1: what I don't even you I know you're referencing something I don't remember you were like you had anything. like
2: what was it it was like something oh' you gotta oh, save oh. thee to like yeah I forgot the the exact I, words I think I really less of me so more of the yeah save the E. To, yeah. to reach the E. To reach the yee.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's our motto. <laughs> That's yeah, that should Just be. Just one uh, more, mm-hmm. but in King James
1: Version. <laughs> yes.
0: It, it feels like
1: it should be a wrap. I've got a contract, uh, someone to write some beats. Mm-hmm. I actually know someone. Yeah. <laughs> they did community service here a number of years ago. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to reach back out. That's good. I wonder if that would be weird for them.
2: <laughs> do they do they come to the church? No. Oh, okay. They just did beatboxing. Like, I wonder sound how much. Actually, offered?
1: it won't be weird for them. That's what they do. That's their calling. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I wonder how much it would cost. Mm. I don't really want to invest more than seven dollars. <laughs> so I'm not sure. Listen, if uh, there's a, someone here needs to make a quick seven dollars. You can write me... Uh, Seven only. Some beat. I need, uh, I need a, a mix. Some beats. It, get, it can't be copyrighted for... Uh, for... Legal reasons. I'm trying to th- I was trying to think of a real quick, uh, clever title for the, my rap. But, yeah. Huh.
2: For the yee. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure like Kanye calls himself yee. Or who? he did at one point. There's, um, I don't
1: remember who we, we, you know, we've been, we've been operating just one more as our, as our, um, mission statement for quite a while, but some other church recently, it might've been the church that closed down, did for the one, ooh, but it could be for the ye. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's the title of the album. And then if you, uh, apostrophize the R, it could be for ye. <laughs> for ye. Yeah. This is a great idea. You guys should come. We should just do brainstorming. Live brainstorming podcast. Fascinating. <laughs> <Pastor> <laughs> yeah. No filter.
2: That'd be great. Um, what do you think, Pastor Victoria?
0: Oh, this is wonderful.
2: <laughs> Could you choreograph the dance?
0: Oh, yeah, We do a whole music video.
1: <laughs> I've been helping out at the boys' school. Um, and it was... Cr- so one day last week was creative writing class. Oh, okay. And so... It, there was like the te- the English, the ELA teacher had like herself as emojis and mm-hmm. each different emoji, you pick one, you'd write a story about it. Anyway, I participated <laughs> and handed it in, but I just figured because it was like Memorial Day weekend, it was like a fun activity. Like no one was going to read it. <laughs> Apparently she read it and <laughs> she made comments about it. And then uh, the principal read it too. I found, out. Oh, I found nice. out later as well. So I don't know. They might be passing it around. Which emoji did you have? Um, it was like her in a camper van and it said road trip underneath. So it was like, hi, I miss. And this is how I, this is a story about how I joined the WWE. <laughs> I didn't get to finish it, but I did have two full pages in that 15 minutes.
2: <laughs> I didn't get to finish it, but That's I wrote basically good. half of it. Yeah,
1: the, the part that she commented on. It's just her prologue. But I, so it was like narrative in her. From her point of view, so it was like I used all the money I had for I used all the money I made from a teacher to buy a helicopter, but it turns out you need a license for a helicopter, so I bought a camper van instead. <laughs> I had a license for one of those. I was excited for the summer, but I was gonna miss all my students, especially the fifth grade group, you know, because it was this class. Mm-hmm. and I said, uh, they're they they're all so friendly and they smell like my favorite food egg salad sandwich. <laughs> anyway, that was the comment she made mention to. Me. She's like, I feel like I need to buy some air fresheners or
2: something. So, that about sums up um, graders, a youth room after sixth sixth Wednesday graders. night. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't know how many youth
1: conventions that I've been like, like, Is smelling myself like, hey, do, I, do I, do I smell bad? Do I smell bad? And But it's, I always forget like, oh, no, it's teenagers. Just like, if you think about Ever Been around someone who um, wore sneakers for like 10 days or wore the same pair of socks for like 10 days mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then wore sneakers without um, shoes on? Oh, yeah, that's what
2: youth convention <laughs> smells like. Yeah, that's a good description, actually. That's so bad. Um, At what point do they find out what deodorant is? Like, do they just It depends on the
1: parent, but you know, this is a true story. <laughs> This is a true story. Um, I don't know what year it was. It might have been like 2007. We had, for whatever reason, it was like half the youth group were kids that we'd reached. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were from, they were not from good homes, not from good areas. Not, yeah. They're so... You know, the clothes, they come, they smell like mildew. Mm-hmm. Like if you leave your clothes in the washing machine for four days, like that's what the clothes smelled like. Yeah. And we, we took a week and we just taught on hygiene. Like, here's, it was seemed weird, but like, here's what deodorant is. Here's how you should wear it. Here's how often you should shower and just some life skills in a non offensive way. No one was offended by it. No one thought it was weird. It was just like, one week of, mm. of teaching some life skills.
2: Interesting.
1: Which paid dividends come youth convention. <laughs> we had a rule. You had to shower every 24 hours at youth convention. That was a, a rule back in the day. I don't know if that stuck around, but that was a real...
2: A We're real, implementing that at camp. So yeah, yeah. thank you for saying that. <laughs> uh,
1: when, <laughs> when I went to team camp as a 17-year-old, one of the other 17-year-olds, who was rather large... I mean, I, I'm no small guy myself, but he was probably triple my size. He wore the same shirt the entire week of camp. Oh, no. The entire <laughs> week at 17 years old. Oh, no. And he won a talent show. <laughs> so he sang the, uh, I only DC, know yeah. the DC Talk version, but um, uh, two men that I wish we'd all been ready. Remember that song? Here we go. Time to sing it. Cue uh, it up. Uh, <laughs> Never mind. I won't do it now. <laughs> Two men walking up a hill. Anyway. I wish we'd all been I have no idea what ready. you're referencing. <laughs> you guys don't know that song? I'm going to cue it up. Well, you guys, uh, any um, the sermon, We Are Restoration, mm-hmm. did anything that we talked about on Sunday seem like a surprise to you? We were like, oh, we do that? Huh. Was any of it a surprise to you? I didn't know. Wait, Victoria does what? <laughs> we are... Heritage? Where did that come from? Was, was any of it like a surprise?
0: Yeah, you know that lead team graphic? I'm just kidding. Oh,
1: <laughs> yes. I meant to tell you that eight months ago. <laughs> that you on the lead team.
0: Uh, no, to me it wasn't a surprise. It seemed... On is it bad to say it seemed on brand and yeah, <laughs> it was and, us? It's the truth.
2: I, I mean, we've been talking about it for like a year now, as as a staff and as um, like a, a core team, anyway. So, um, yeah. as it as it was introduced, I think people um, finally understood what like our roles are at the church. Um, Do like, you think they did? That was something that was. I hope so. Um, I didn't know if it's gonna go over people's heads or people were like, why are you telling me this? Well, I had right. I, yeah, go ahead. I had a couple people come up to me on Sunday. They're like, "Oh, so you do all of it, like kids, youth, and like like all of that?" I'm like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Oh, no way!" And like they've been coming to the church for like probably longer than I have, and and like, I'm on like my almost fifth year. And they're like, "Oh, that's what you do up there?" I just thought you come every once in a while. And I'm like, "No, I'm actually serving every Sunday." <laughs> so that's been fun. <laughs> that was a great conversation. But other yeah. people are like, "Thank you for all that you do," and it was it was really cool. Mm-hmm. So, what about you? I'm looking at Pastor Victoria. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if people can't see me or what I'm saying, but
0: um, no i I do think that some. I think it depends, right? Like, if you, I think it's a choice whether or not you want to like be engaged and like actually learn these things or not.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know if
0: it's a bad thing to admit that, but so I, I do think it's a a place where like people had to either choose to really like, tune in, pay attention, and, like, realize what was in front of them, or they could have easily tuned out and not, but I would hope, I would give everyone the benefit of the doubt that, like, it is an interesting thing to know the inner workings of how everything's going and just the fact that like you also showed that there's so much accountability within the church. So not just for us within our departments, but then for you as well and kind of introducing and show we're not introducing like, but making sure people know like, yeah, we are part of the AG Mm -hmm. and like, this is a thing because there's so many churches sometimes that are a part of like some large denomination and people just never know, or they find out at some point and they're like, Oh, that's a thing.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, Is there a different passage of scripture you would have used to, uh, to talk through that?
2: Kind of put me on the spot a little bit. Me, I
1: think that's the meaning of a podcast.
0: <laughs> 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 um, so you use Acts 6.
1: Yeah, or, or what's your, let, let's talk about that scripture for a little bit. Acts chapter 6. You've got the the two groups of widows, and one group begins to we would say advocate for their widows, but that's not what Scripture says. So they begin to complain. Um, let's talk about complaining. Let's talk about church complaining for a second. What's your? Uh, how often do you do it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, when I start calling in the hallway, <laughs> no. Yeah,
2: when well, I just got a text with you. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um,
0: I think that it's really easy to complain and it's not as easy to bring solutions. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's one of my pet peeves is to only complain or like only have, like maybe it's not even a complaint sometimes, like maybe it's just negativity. Right. And so sometimes we'll put that off and I've done it before too. Um, and then just not bringing up any form of solution or any form of like a positive outlook to a situation. And I think that that kind of just drags everything down Mm -hmm. almost. So,
2: yeah. And I'll even go as far, even in that, like I have the same pet peeve where I'll be like, all right, now say something good that you enjoyed about this. Like, what is something good that we're doing at church that you're actually enjoying and being a part of, um, after someone's like done like ranting about what's going on, they'll be like, all right, have you talked to these people about it? Have you done anything about it? Well, no, I just thought, I'm like, okay, then it might, it should just die with you because if you're just going to not do anything about it, it's going to end up hurting you more. Right. Um, like we, we have the Matthew 18 principle, like when people have um, problems with another um, to go to them. And even when I suggest that some people are like, well, I, I just don't feel like, uh, like it's that much of a deal. Like, well, if it offended you, you got to go do it. Um, Even as small as little as it is, like just go do it so that it's not something that's going to fester over time. Right. So.
1: Or if it's a big enough deal that it caused you to sin yeah. because gossiping is bringing problems to people who have no part of the solution. Right. Mm-hmm. So some people think that gossip is only rumor, but mm-hmm. no, gossip can be 100% fact. Yep. But you're talking about it it's the wrong with people <laughs> People who can't do anything to help. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got, like, if there's something to complain about the church and, and I'm we can, we all have that gift of complaining. We all have that gift. We can all use that <laughs> spiritual gift. The problem is it's not the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. But it's a spiritual, it's spiritual for sure. We can tap into that and complain. Um, I don't remember where I was going. I was, I liked my spiritual gift <laughs> statement. That was good. It caught me off guard. Um. <laughs> But what you know what we've got to do is recognize what's going on internally. Is this sin? You know, was it sin that they were complaining? I think the fact that they said complaining, scripture, when it uses that word about the Israelites, it was never positive. They're complaining, they're grumbling, put us back in slavery. You know, and and here There are two decades, maybe, maybe a decade removed, maybe less than that. It could be five years. could be three years removed from the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they're like, they're getting more mashed potatoes than us. (laughs) I I just like really a mind blown, but I'm so grateful that God put that in scripture because if that story wasn't in there and Ananias and Sapphira story wasn't in there yeah man i think as pastors we can really beat ourselves up like why is it so hard for us why are we so inept but here you get James the brother of Jesus bleeding the church in Jerusalem yeah and there you get Peter bunkered down in Jerusalem and these and they're like we're done We're done. (laughs) Like this is, we're we're running around like crazy. We can't do this. We need help. We need shared leadership. We need others to step up into their calling. There's no way we can do everything and ever possibly accomplish the great commission, ever possibly accomplish what God called us to do. Anyway, that was my ramblings. Your turn to ramble. (laughs) Go ahead.
0: Um, well, I mean, touching on shared leadership, like you look even back at Jesus and he wasn't doing his ministry alone. I think that that's like a core example as well. So you have God in flesh on earth and he could do anything that he wanted to do at any moment, yet he still had people who he called to come along his side and help him. And they weren't just like following him and not doing anything. Like he still gave them tasks to do and he still trusted them to do certain things. Mm -hmm. And he like, um, he poured into them to the point where he was able to hand off what he had created as well. So very similarly to like what we do when we talk about heritage or what we're attempting to do when we talk about heritage, we're bringing the younger people alongside as well and teaching them what we're doing so that one day we can hand it off to them as well. So not just sharing leadership when it comes to adults, but sharing our leadership when it comes to our students as well, our yeah. kids as well. So.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, even even going similar to that, um, like we're talking about Moses and Aaron, like Moses was the one that like God had put into that leadership path. Um, but he's like, oh, I can't speak well. And he's like, all right, well, here's Aaron who can speak. Um, and just like having Aaron alongside that, like there's that shared responsibility of, um, of saving the people and, and being the mouth. And, um, I just think it's interesting that like, as, as we work, like Pastor Victoria and I, like we work very like side by side, um, with the next gen ministries and, um, I think it's really cool that we have that ability to share those things and share the accountability and share um just the things that we do um because I think without that we're we're not able, like you you touched upon verse 7 and chapter six about how like at the end like It says, and the word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Like it's because we're working together as a team that we're able to expand the amount of people that we have and the amount of leaders that we have and so much more. So, yeah, it
1: is. Let's talk about being multi-site for a little bit. All right, because in a lot of ways, it would be easier if we didn't do it. It would yep. be easier for you guys if you only had to think about your location. You didn't mm-hmm. have to think about anything else. If you you just do whatever you want, you don't have to consult anybody else. Yep. Um. Or run anybody else's plan. So there's there's just a couple right off the cuff of the the you know of the hindrances or the you know maybe negatives or just do it would be easier if you didn't have to. It's not necessarily negative, but just easier. But what are what have you guys have seen, and this can be in your department, but it could be in any department of why we should continue doing this and not just make four independent churches now. I think, you know, I'd be like, experiment failed. Oh, any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. Pastor Jeremy covered it when he was doing the announcements about talking through worship night. Um, I think because we're a multi-site church and we're like from Bethlehem to here, it's like what, like a two hour drive. Um, even within those two hours, like there's Plymouth and there's Milton on the way. But, um, the fact that when we have our worship nights, when we come together as one church, like there's relationships that I have in Milton, there's relationships I have in Dover. Um, and when we all come together and worship, there's just like a different like aspect of that. Like we're like. Are, like I have connections where I'm able to hang out with people that I don't usually see on a Sunday, um, but still know that we're still one, like still one church, one family. And I think that's like a huge like benefit. Is like we're all Christians doing our thing, reaching our communities, but also reaching the entire state. Um, so I think that's that's like really cool.
0: Mm, I agree with that. Um, having like const- not constant, having multiple um, relationships across the different locations. I would say that for one thing that I've seen with next gen, very specifically is how um, like you always have to keep coming up with the next new thing and the next best event and like <laughs> it has to be fun and it has to be better. It has to be 1% better and that's like something we want to do that like that's a, a, a force behind us like it's something that we look forward to doing with the kids but at some point, like you kind of feel like there's, okay, what, what day do I event now? What day do I invent now? Like what event do I come up with? Like
2: bubble mania. Exactly.
0: <laughs> like you're searching Google and it's like, I can't find anything new and everything that's coming up is just strange. Um, And it's fun to be able to kind of bounce ideas off of each other then. And yeah. so we have um foam bubbles Sunday coming up um in July. And so we sat down the other day and we we're like, okay, what are we going to call it? Because Foam Bubble Sunday doesn't sound very fun. Like, <laughs> what are you going to do? So we changed it and it's going to be Foamania. Um, and then we have different games that we begin to implement and everyone kind of brings a piece of of that event. So like the, what you end up seeing at the end of the day is something that a whole team put together and it wasn't just one person putting it together. Yeah. Um, and it's it's interesting too, because I don't think like you could make the, the argument like, okay, well you could still have one team in in one location and that team could come up with the same thing. I don't necessarily think so because along with like our own individual personalities and all of that, we're also bringing along our communities and we're bringing along like what, where our location is and who's represented at those locations. And so everything starts to kind of shift so that it fits just kind of the wide range that we're serving throughout all of New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. So,
2: yeah.
1: Um, what are something I mean I think those are those are great answers and, and great benefit. Something too that I thought of was um you know the church world is um suffering the same hiring shortage that the secular world is. Mm-hmm. And you can search on any um forum, any ministry forum in uh, like lead pastor forum or church job search forum and just post and post about, like I saw one over the weekend. Um, We're trying to hire a youth pastor. We can't hire anybody. We can't get any applicants. What do we do? What do we do? And like every suggestion that's like in the comments, we're like, we're doing that. We're doing that. Someone's like, we're offering full-time and we've been looking for... Uh, for eight months and can't find anybody. And that is true. And, and that's true for our, for our district as well. So yeah. one of the reasons why some of the churches have closed and buildings have been sold off is because they can't find anybody to come in. Mm-hmm. And that was how Bethlehem, I think they knew it was going to close for quite a while but they couldn't find a pastor. And so then that's where we were like, well, would you let us look at it and we can see if being multi-site would work. And I think multi-site gives us, I mean, as far as much as we always feel stretched thin for leadership, we do have a leadership pool. Yeah. um, And we do have great leaders. And I think that's something that, that, it's a great blessing. as a great blessing of multi-site.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we reach, we reach like a, a wider group of people too. It's not just like, all right, well, this is all we can for Dover. It's like, no, like there there's people from like Plymouth and there's people from Milton who are being brought up as as leaders and, and future pastors. And I think um, if we were just to just reach one community, I think, um, like you said, like there's always a benefit to just having one church. But um, the fact that we that we are following that calling of being a multi-site church. Um, we're actually expanding. Like now we have four communities that we can be reaching and be pulling people from and raising in leadership. Um, so it increases our amount of people that we can be reaching, not just to reach the, like with the gospel, but reach and, and grow them and their spiritual um, gifts and stuff like that. So yeah, I think it's cool to think about it like that as well. Yeah.
1: Is it worth the complexity. Is it worth having two org charts and the lead team and the matrix and the is it worth all that for you guys? I was say it's a weird question. Like of of course. <laughs> it's like a weird question, but uh, but honestly, is like, podcast. is it worth it?
0: I would say <laughs> we're like looking uh, at each uh, other like what do you want to say first? <laughs> I would say a hundred percent. Um Because, well, so for me personally, it gives me the opportunity to even do what I do, um, and to be able to serve in a way that I believe God has like called me to, while also working a full-time job on top of it to like be able to provide for family and things like that. So it gives me this whole different opportunity that would be really hard to find elsewhere. Um, and then aside from that, the fact that we've taken the shift to organize ourselves, the fact that we have the two org charts, like people might look at it and be like, wow, that looks crazy. Like, how are they doing it? Well, it isn't really too crazy when you sit down and you look at it, go back, listen to the sermon again. It'll make sense to you. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, it, like, it helps us. It helps us know who's doing what. It helps us know like whose responsibility this is, what are they doing and what my responsibility is. What am I doing? Like, what am I supposed to actually get done? Um, And at the end of the day, it is so worth it to be able to see like where we're at and where we're going. So like, it doesn't stop here. It doesn't stop at four locations. We're built in a way that we can keep continuing the org. I don't know if anyone caught it, but there was a fifth location there. Like there's a one that's blank with nothing in it yet. And it says fifth future location. And that's the the goal. I would hope that like when that fifth spot gets filled, we have a sixth future location that goes into it and, and just so on.
2: Yeah, that graphic's going to be very small to read, but yeah, yeah. I agree though. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll just scroll. I'll just... <laughs> <laughs> when, it, when it gets like all 10 reaching every county, it's like, oh yeah, like you're scrolling for a little bit. Um, but no, I like that. And also with that, it kind of, helps us run our ministries. So like we're we're constantly talking through like what's the best curriculum for what we're doing? What's the best way of how to do this? And like like um, Pastor Victoria said earlier, like it's not just coming from one person. It's like us as a next gen team, we're talking through the, the positives and the negatives of it. And, and really like getting into it. And um, I think if one person were to make that, there'd be a lot of stress on one person. Mm. Um, and and that's why like we have a team of accountability. That's why, Pastor Nate, you have your accountability. You have the deacon board. You have um, the assemblies of God. Like there are people who are going to be checking you for what you're doing. And, and, and we're, we're checking each other too. We're making sure that we're doing the best that we can. Um, I think that some people might think that having order is not good. Um, but I think they sometimes forget like God is the God of order and like he's going to bring that to restoration and um and he's not just going to have like like what you talked about like having like a facilities guy and having like someone who um is over the women's ministry like no like there's there's circles and then we have like we have our next steps we have our admin and and they're covering a large majority of that and um and as we're covering the next gen like and then we have worship who covers like worship and and uh, media and all of those things and um i think it helps bring to light like all the little things that we do, but we have people that are going to be helping with that. And um, like I said, like without the organization of it all, we'd be like scrambled like, Oh yeah. Whose job was it? Oh yeah. That person never was followed up on a Sunday because we don't know who's in charge of connecting, connecting with the new people. So it's just like, like I said, it just brings order to everything and helps us move in the direction that like God has called the church to. Yeah.
1: Um, Let's talk about Stephen for a little bit. All right. He was the guy who got chosen to run that ministry, feeding the widows. He was also the first martyr. So, the same guy. <laughs> and I love how, I don't know, I'm just intrigued by it. I don't want to lead any thought. I mean, do you guys have any thoughts about Stephen? You want to add it in? But I'm just intrigued by this guy, impressed by Stephen. A man f- full of the Holy spirit and he steps in to lead this ministry. And I think that's something that is hard sometimes for us. Yeah. Either as, as individuals or trying to find someone to lead a ministry Mm -hmm. like, man, I don't really want that. I want something more prestigious. Yeah. Yeah. That's not in my gift range. You don't hear Stephen talking about his gift range. It was like, we need a leader in the church. So who do we have? We have seven people who are qualified. Um, Let's pray and seek who, and then let's anoint him to do the job. I don't know. I just wish sometimes, I, I just think about all the conversations over the last five years of people who, Man, God is all over them, and then they—they they just won't step into
2: any leadership. Yep. Um, I there there's a couple people who I've seen in Plymouth um, who are real great people, and they're they're still doing great things. And every time we go to push them there's like that moment where they're like, well, I don't know, but like specifically talking about um, one of my closest friends, um, Zach and Tessa, they are wonderful people. And, um, Tessa was actually praying about the fact that she wants to be more involved. Um, and there was a lot of like back and forthness, um, like a couple of years ago, but now she's like fully in it. And, um, and this is like a testimony to that. And so she, um, after a while she, she wanted it. And so she started praying for it. And that morning she's like, God, like, what do you want me to do? I want to be more involved in the church, but I don't know what what it is. And that same morning I texted her. I was like, Hey, maybe you should be praying about this. Like, I think it'd be really cool if you were the room leader for teeny types. I think you're, you would fit it. Like you have this great personality and, um, and just like having those people actually step into the calling and, um, move into that. I think that was huge for that. And, I think I think it is sad sometimes to see people who are definitely gift, gifted step away. And right. that hurts um, my heart a little bit. Like to see people who I love and I've even poured into, like even as youth students, like seeing them have a clear gift that God has like put on their heart for like speaking and, and being able to do things, but them just simply saying no. Mm-hmm. And like, oh man, it's rough.
1: I think I prayed about it. God doesn't want me to. Come again? <laughs> God, God doesn't want you to. God only wants you to attend church and nothing else. Uh, I, he, I, he doesn't want or, me to serve
2: coffee. Oh, sorry.
1: I, I, <laughs> I that I wrestle with, um, some, yeah. I think that's the hardest thing for me too. When, um, yeah, they they have the gifting they communicate i want to i'm just feeling god telling me to do this and we're not a um hold you back type church no Mm -mm. and so we're like absolutely let's go for it Mm -hmm. and then they just they just vanish um I, I mean, I, I've got a Rolodex of names like flipping through my Rolodex. It's an old-fashioned way to look up phone numbers. I've got a... Uh, I've just got so many pictures ro- of faces rolling through my head right now. And yeah, me like, you actually. They should be on the leadership team here. And just as soon as there was... I mean, connecting back to last week, the first conversation of accountability. Mm-hmm. It's just like... Ju- you know, just shattered them. And it was not like, Hey, we're, you know, we're paying you a paycheck and you have to do your job. Yeah, You know, it's a simple conversation like that. Hey, I just want to remind you, you have to do that. This. this is part of, you have to like check your email. <laughs> You're getting paid. You have to check your email. And then like, I just can't handle the pressure here. Yeah. Pressure. You're getting paid to do a job. Like, I don't know. I I think I, I'm probably going to end up going down a rabbit trail. I don't want to go down. But oh, but you just <laughs> I, and I just think about Stephen. Right? It's just I'm just so impressed by Stephen. And not that we don't have Stevens within our church. I mean, we do. He's Quite one literally. of our location <laughs> pastors.
2: <laughs> and if you didn't read the org chart, he's one of the he, he leads the location pastors. So I mean, anything you want to add?
0: Um, (laughs) so I would say the thing that pops out to me is, um, in scripture. So in verse five, it tells us that Steve was, Stephen was a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. And then you jump down later when it's talking, and this is like past the, the passage that you used. Um, but later on it talks about like when he gets arrested and eventually like leads to his martyrdom, but, um, in verse eight, it tells us Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power. And it constantly points not to like Stephen and these were all his talents, but it points to Stephen and like, this is... God, like using him, this is God behind him and in him. Um, and I think that that's the most important part to remember about leadership, but it's not about your talents. It's not about necessarily like you bring a lot to the table a hundred percent, but it's more about what God is allowing you to bring to the table, what God is giving you to bring to the table. Um, because at the end of the day, like if, if it's not like we wouldn't be who we are, even as pastors or as leaders, if it wasn't for God and his Holy Spirit working in and through us. Um, So that's what I would add.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 100%. 29 years old when he was martyred. Mm -hmm. So we don't know when he was selected to do this ministry, but it's not like they found, all right, someone's got to care for the old widows. Who's the old person that could take care of the old widows? No, they, they, Stephen, here's your chance. You're stepping mm-hmm. into leadership. Well, I don't really feel called the widows. Well, mm-hmm. Do you feel called to Jesus? So as your leadership, as the apostles, we're picking you to step into this role. Yeah. And I think about when I was a kid too, and I, we, we should do this, but it, it wouldn't work out. Culture is different. But when mm-hmm. I 1985, when I started attending the church, I started attending a midweek kids program, Royal Rangers. And uh, there's a guy named Sid who was in charge of it. And what happened was the pastor of the church back then, Henry Snyder, who spoke at our church a couple of years ago, he went to Sid, who was this big, he wasn't big, I mean, he was, he was a short, large, bearded biker guy. And he went to him and said,
2: Hmm.
1: you need to run the Royal Ranger ministry on Wednesday nights. You're going to run the Royal Rangers ministry on Wednesday nights was probably a better statement. I love the 80s. I wish I could pastor in the 80s. You're going to do this. And so Sid did it. Did Sid like kids when he started? No. Did he like kids when he ended? Absolutely not. (laughs) Didn't like it anymore. (laughs) What did he love? He loved camping and he loved teaching. And I went from five years old. I went camping with Sid. I don't know. Over had to have been over a hundred times, yeah, before I went to college. Over a hundred times easy. Um, and the you you know, it was his pastor's leadership said, This is your next assignment, step into it. And we, I think we have to. And it seems self-serving to me, but I'm under leadership as well. Mm-hmm. We have to step in and serve in areas where our leadership, our pastors, tell us to step into it and serve.
2: Yeah, we
1: have to. And I do this for the district, all right? So they make me serve stuff that I would rather spit on, <laughs> and <laughs> and so I do it too. Like I don't want to do this. Michelle's so like, "Why are you doing it?" I'm like, this is my my leadership's asking me to." Yeah, and not that I'm getting burnt out, but. This is the assignment they want me in for this season, so it's the one that I'll serve in. Yeah. And then and then serve with the core value the best I can. Mm-hmm. So I'm not showing up <laughs> and like I'll get myself fired, right? If some people do. I'll show them. I'll show them I'm not called. Uh, and,
2: and do the but, worst that you can. <laughs> b-
1: but I just think like there just needs to be some of that. And I think about those faces that I talked about before. They're going through like, no, I believe in you. You can do this. No, I believe in you. You can answer an email. No, I believe you can show up on time. I know you can do it. 10 minutes late. It's not good. I know you can do it. You can. I know you can. Come on. You can. I know you can. Step into this role. Take this assignment. Lead this. I know you can do it. Yeah. And then do it. And grow and stretch and push yourself and get uncomfortable um, and watch what God can do. And then if I'm wrong, if we're both wrong, if I'm wrong, then we come back and say, hey, you know what I know you could do? Yeah. <laughs> Serve in this new area. And let's just keep discovering and finding out and growing and seeing what God can do. It was some of that that led... Um, um, pastor Jeremy and his role. And it's probably a lot of that that led me in this, in this role.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd rather be wrong and have someone learn something than them not learn something at all. And then like miss an opportunity. So the worst thing is inactivity. Yeah. The scriptural word
1: is, which I would connect it to is apathy, (laughs) which is a sin. Yeah. So to just say like, I'm just going to keep showing up on Sundays uh, yeah, you, you know, why don't you serve? Oh, that's not feeling like I'm not feeling called to do that yet. Sometimes we do things to be obedient, not because we feel like it. Our marriage does not operate on our feelings. Mm-hmm. If it does, we'd all be divorced by now. <laughs> Even you guys have been married less than a year. because <laughs> because, if you, because the first time you're mad, you just take off and don't come back. Like this is not worth it. <laughs> um, but if it's gonna last fifty years and not just last but fifty but if we're gonna be in love with our spouse in fifty years, then you don't operate by feelings. You operate according to obedience to scripture. Yeah. If we're gonna step you into can't. <laughs> you're gonna step into God's call, there's no feelings about it. Mm-hmm. And you don't always have feelings during it, before it after it. It's just obedient. Mm-hmm. Obedient to the cross. Right, we I think we just talked about that. It has nothing to do with feelings. It has to do with the ye. Amen. The
0: ye. Come around. on, reach the ye. Full circle. <laughs> While
2: praying on your knees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh man. It's that's good. I, I really enjoy, um, just, Sorry, like, I
1: was really, I was writing a song in my head right there. And like <laughs> I'm just trying to find rhymes and yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: um, I think, I think specifically for youth ministry, um, as we're talking through, like there's like people in our heads that, um, have like, have a clear calling, um, and just clearly won't step into it. Um, like, Like God gifted Abraham the ability to do what he did. Um, And God's going to grant us the ability to do what we do. Um, And if we're called to it, he's going to let us know. And if not, he's going to push that away. But um, I I see a lot of youth students that are are afraid to like even choose ministry because they know that it doesn't get paid well. Um, There's some that will go back and forth on it. Some that will... um, like I said, have the heart, have the ability to love people unconditionally, but would rather um, would rather the paycheck over what happens. And even Hannah and I have seen it in our relationships with our friends. And um, it's hard because we also are surrounded by people who are at church because we, we do a lot of church events. Um, but she also worked in the, in the secular world where she is constantly telling people the gospel. And um, there's a lot of her coworkers that are really like gifted and they're really nice people. But um, they just are afraid of afraid of Christianity and afraid the fact that like Jesus is going to put rules on me as soon as I become Christian. I'm not going to be able to have the fun that I have. And, um, and it's just like when, when you clearly see someone called and then clearly say no to it it's, I think as, as pastors, it hurts us the most. Like, like we know, like, like you said, like, we're not afraid to push people. Like we know what it's like to be pushed and to, to see that, um, come out of it and someone say no. Like I, I just remember from youth conference a couple of years ago, um, Josh Wellborn, um, he, the, the national youth director, he had the sermon of just say yes, like whatever we're doing, just say yes. And like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to learn something. Um, and I just think like there, there should be more people that just say yes to serving, say yes to being part of more. Um, yeah. Like, even though you might not get paid from working at the recovery home, like say yes to going and putting up drywall, like, right. like do, do that. Um, because Yeah. I, I think I won't do it
1: without a paycheck is I, I think another difficult thing. Like, Hey, I, I want a job at the church. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sending me your resume. I'd love for you to, uh, join a volunteer team, a serve team. Let's start there. Yeah. And then crickets response, like no, res- no response. Like I- I'm great. You're, I'm glad you're attending the church, but why would I hire someone who's not serving in the church? <laughs> yeah. Number one. And then we're really limited in resources we can't hire everybody. We can't hire everybody full-time. You're both part-timers. We call that flex time now. Um, we allow you to make your own schedules aside from being at services, from <laughs> sur- Sunday, Wednesday, and Monday night meetings. Yeah, but, um, but how you do that, you know, no expectation on that. And we're trying to do that. That was part of this whole re-org that we didn't talk about on Sunday because if God's calling us to four locations we couldn't do four locations without creating a flex pay position we won't be able to get to five likely without flex pay and then the the you know when we were talking about it in, in, internally but hadn't talked about it externally yet someone in the church who feels called to be a pastor in the future had a conversation with one of our pastors and said would if I continue to pursue this calling, would I have to leave my secular job because I really like it? Is there any way that the church would allow me to do both? And that person was like light bulb moment for them because they're like, yes, yes. We've just created that and it was taught to us this week. <laughs> and so that person was like overwhelmed because that's great. I love my job. It allows me to give at the level I want to give, but also I feel called to this. How can I do both? And I think we're going to find a lot of people with that because we do love our jobs. I think Michelle, my wife, has to work a secular job because she's evangelistic. You, you know, yeah. That's where my son gets it from. She's always talking about faith. She's always inviting people to church. And if she doesn't have interactions with people who don't know Jesus, she's like, a, she's like my grass. It's like all wilted and jaundiced. <laughs> I don't know which patch you are talking about. <laughs> um. So, you, you know, there is a way just to say yes to God. Yep. What does he want? And, For the teenager saying, well, I won't make a lot of money. When in scripture does it command us to make a lot of money? Yeah. And then also to tell you, like, and I shouldn't say this with you guys here, but there are youth pastor positions around the country that make more than I make. Yep. And so, yeah, I mean, I won't hold you guys back from them. I can tell you, I'll tell you, I, I will always advance you and bless you and send you off but we are in the most unreached state in New Hampshire. And if you, you should be missionaries here.
2: <laughs> Please. Yeah. I, I'm a part of like a youth pastor, like um, page on Facebook. and I feel like every Monday they're like, all right guys, let's do some matchmaking. And it's like, who's looking for a job? And there's like tons of like, uh, and I'll go and look on it just out of curiosity. And they're like, oh yeah, we're looking for a middle school pastor at this church and like a high school pastor or like a next gen pastor. And they're receiving this. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's, that's a lot. And, um, and I just, I think, I think it's different. Um, because like the people who are after money eventually, like, like there's like that heart thing where like, if they're racing after the money, like it's good, um, to have money. But when it comes to ministry, like you said, um, it's not always about the money. God we're not is get my far. source, not my employer, Yeah,
1: not mm-hmm. the church. God is my source. So he's going to meet all my needs. um, and uh, I forget Psalms, whatever Proverbs, whatever. God is the one who gives us the ability to create wealth. Yeah, and so He's able to give us the the ideas to start a YouTube channel or to do a side hustle or to w- whatever it is, like run jolly ball with Mike Way on to, the weekends. To to, to, <laughs> to yeah, to create creative table. Like he gives us these abilities to um, to, to make wealth mm-hmm. and that's way beyond. So whether we're here or we're um, in another part of the world, God will meet all of our needs according to his riches in Christ yep. Jesus. And you have to believe that. The, um, connecting on that because we gotta wrap up. Connecting on that, but one thing I just thought: John Piper wrote a book, "Brothers, We Are Not Professionals." I don't know if you guys ever read that. It's a book for pastors, for clergy. Um, um and if you're seeking a paycheck and a pay raise, what have you done? You've entered, you've entered ministry as uh, you become a hireling, which I think Scripture warns of warns against. Yeah. And we're not hirelings. I'm not hired at Restoration Church to be the chaplain. I I'm I've been assigned here, put here by God to help Ephesians 4, the equipping of the saints to help you discover your calling, your ministry, to help conquer and take ground for the kingdom of God. I'm a Joshua leader and looking for the Calebs, looking for the we're going to take ground for the yeah. kingdom of God. And um, so anyway, that's a book recommendation. Another book recommendation. Uh, actually, I got two. Called by John John Zick. I don't know if we've mentioned that on the call before. But then the district uh, superintendent of Rocky Mountain District wrote a book, Discovering the Call. I'm trying to find it on my bookshelf to know exactly what it's called. It's blue. Anyway, it's up there somewhere. But Gene uh, G... E-N-E Roncone, R-O-N-C-O-N-E, has a book about called That's that. Um, the John Zick is a teenage geared version. Yeah. The Gene Roncone is probably like a 45-year-old geared version, uh, but probably pretty similar. So those were two other books I'd recommend. Anything you guys would recommend?
2: Yeah, I was going to say called, but other than that, I don't have one.
0: I don't
1: have one. Any final words on? Um, so Stephen stepped up. How can people step up in your ministries? What are the? What what would it mean if someone's like, "Yeah, I'll serve.
2: I'll serve kids." Man, <laughs> 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 when I hear that, I get like all excited inside. How come? Um, because it, it, I know that they're going to be joining something where they're going to make a bigger impact. Um, I think when people say yes to, to volunteering in kids specifically, um, there, there's a, an enjoyment piece of it where they get to have fun. And I think most of the time we're having, um, a lot of fun in kids, but, um, the other a- aspect is that like, like if you can, if you can explain the gospel to kids, like you're going to be good for anybody like you're going to be good to explain the gospel to almost everyone else. Um, And so like, if you learn it there and learn the, the um, basically the basics there, um, like when you go and teach everywhere else, you're going to be able to articulate a lot better. Um, So I think it's, it's a key role in the step of um, and just being in ministry in general. And you want to add,
0: I mean, I would say to anyone Coming up to any of the leaders inside the church and just saying the simple words of "I want to serve" and whatever follows that those words, like we will most likely be excited about, unless it's something yeah. you know. Unless you can't
2: sing and you want to be on the worship team, insane. <laughs> uh, we'll guide you somewhere else. We, we will work on your voice. Yeah.
0: You <laughs> um, but yeah I, yeah, I think you should just just do it. Um, as just do it, <laughs> Nike. Uh, yeah. Just like
2: you're dress shopping for your wedding, just say yes. <laughs> say yes to the dress More like say yes To the volunteer role Yeah You're yeah. welcome Say yes say to the Say yes
1: to the address Your pastor gave mm, That's good Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well listen This podcast has been For ye I hope Ye enjoyed it And We will Catch you on Sunday I forget what we're talking about On Sunday But again Some of the We are restoration Some of the things We believe Who we are What makes us distinct from from other churches What's the assignment God's given us And It'll be a great Swell time Sorry, I, it's too long of an intro I couldn't queue up in the words Larry Norman, 1989 I wish we'd all been ready
2: Lead us out, Larry. It's
1: about the uh, the rapture. All right. See you later. (laughs) Love you guys. (laughs)